and it goes through by Jesus never fails. Now at this time, I want just to introduce the Pastor Emma, who is um, now minister will be reading the scriptures. Maybe you'll greet the listeners. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Thank you. And uh, we want to thank God. We came also with the Tim Gilbert. Brother Joe, you're welcome to give the word of God to the listeners. Thank you, Pastor Almos, Pastor Emma, and uh, Rock Mumbo. I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank brothers and sisters out there. You know, I'm just a brother in Christ, just like you are brothers and sisters in Christ. But um, the Lord has blessed me with uh, understanding of the scripture. I've studied for 31 years. Um, but uh, most importantly, I pray the Holy Spirit uh, helps me with the understanding and also uh, blesses every listener tonight with a better understanding of the Word of God. So with that, Brother Emma, what do we have first? Here we have the book of First John, chapter 1, from verse 5 through to chapter 2, up to verse 6, says... This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, right now, brothers and sisters, all of us were born with sin when Adam and Eve were the first sinners. If they had never sinned, they would still be in paradise. Uh, the woman was punished and all women after that with childbirth because of what Eve did and the man was punished with having to labor to work for food um, that was a punishment for Adam and everybody that follows so anyone who says that they uh, have walked the earth and have not sinned they're a liar and that's what the scripture says the only one to ever do that was Jesus himself alright brother let's start at chapter 2 Chapter 2, from verse 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, owed himself also to walk just as he walked. Thank you, Pastor Emma. Mm -hmm. You see, so now, once you become a born-again Christian, now you walk as he did. You, you strive for sanctification. That means perfect with Christ. He tells us, if you were listening the other night when we were on, that he says that you need to practice righteousness. Righteousness, it, and he also says to be holy. They both mean the same thing, brothers and sisters. It means that you obey the Lord and you love your neighbor as yourself. If you've been listening, that is the key to heaven, and we'll probably go over it again today. 
You, the Lord is love, and you have to have love in your heart to be His. And if you are, you can you can walk without sin, but you can only do it with the help of the Holy Spirit, which is a part of God, which is perfect. But you have to learn to follow that Spirit. And what does it say here in the first verse? It says, But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You see, Jesus is our mediator, and he intercedes for us to pray straight to God in Jesus' name and ask forgiveness when we sin, and it's forgiven. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have the Holy Spirit, God is not listening to your prayers, brothers and sisters. So what's next? Pastor Emma. Go over to chapter 2, verse 9. We're continuing. It says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, there is... There again, it's proving that love is the key to heaven. If you have hate in your heart for your brother, you're not his. Uh, there's another scripture that says that if you hate your brother, it's just like you're a murderer. And then it goes on to say murderers will not make it to heaven. He's not talking about if you commit a murder, you go to prison, you ask God for forgiveness, you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are going to go to heaven. But he's comparing someone who hates his brother as a murderer. And that's the type of murder he's talking about in that other scripture. I don't want to be misunderstood because I talked about it the other night. Do you understand, brothers and sisters? If you hate your brother or your sister, you have hate in your heart, you're not his. But if you have love and you have asked the Holy Spirit to come in your heart and dwell with you, you're going to heaven. All right, what's next, Pastor Emma? What's next is Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31 says... And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Okay, so I've said it before, and I'm saying it again. That's the key to heaven, brothers and sisters. If you love your neighbor, you won't steal from him. You won't strike him. You won't do any harm to your neighbor. And if your neighbor is hungry, you'll help him with food. That's the key. It's all about love. And if you follow those two commandments and you have Jesus in your heart, you've accepted him in your heart, you're going to heaven. Oh, what's next, brother? What's next is the book of Matthew, chapter 22, from verse 1 to verse 14. So tag along. It's a long passage. Please pay attention. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted calf, cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but... 
Those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways. And as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with the guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. All right, so it's a long passage. There's a lot we can learn from this passage. Now first, the person who's having the wedding, calling the wedding is God. The wedding, Jesus is the groom, and the, the Christian church is the virgin to marry the groom. All right? Now, what happens is, is the people that he's calling originally to the wedding is the Jewish nation. That's the first covenant. And, but they disobeyed him over and over. They worshiped idols over and over. And so, and then they killed the prophets. That's where it's talking about he killed the servants. So then what does he do? He sends Jesus to die on the cross for us, for everyone, for all nations, including he still has not eliminated the Jews. He says that there'll be a remnant saved. Before he comes. And right now today, brothers and sisters, there's a, a Christian religion called Jews for Jesus. There are uh, some Jews that belong to that and uh, they're saved. But for the most part, it's for the, all opened up for all the other nations. Thanks. This is so uh, wonderful that we get invited to this wedding. So now we read on now. He tells them to go out and invite everyone. Doesn't matter, even if they're good people, bad people, bring them into the kingdom. Get them saved and, and, and they can come to the wedding. Okay? That, that's the wedding is going to heaven on judgment day. And so then uh, what happens is uh, when they gather all the good people for the wedding, there's somebody that sneaks in and he doesn't have a wedding garment on him. All right? This has he has the devil in him. And so what does he have? He has the angels cast him out. And what does it say in the last verse? It says, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now wherever we see weeping and gnashing in teeth, it's how God describes hell, burning fire, what the people are going to be experiencing in heaven or in hell. It's going to be horrible. And he always describes it or many times as weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. Now, here it says outer darkness. I want to point that out to you. Uh, first off, I'll back up a little bit. He says to go out in everywhere uh, to the to to everywhere you can and do good, bad, whatever. Bring everybody else to the wedding. So Pastor Almos and a team, uh, myself, we this this week that I've been here, we've been to like, I don't know, maybe four prisons, a couple villages. And I got to tell you, the Lord has brought so many people everywhere we went. Many, many people got saved. I mean, it, it really appeared to be everywhere we went, every soul that wasn't saved got saved. But today we hit a brick wall. 
we went to a village and we went into a little congregation there and uh, there was probably about 30 people there that were saved and about five people that were not saved and we preached the word of God and we we uh, did everything we could to bring these five to Christ but they were they were not going to accept it and the scripture says that when when you bring to them the word of God and, and they don't accept it, just knock the dust off your feet and go on. And it, it was really difficult for us, uh, believe me, uh, because, you know, you don't want your worst enemy to go to hell. It's, it's a horrible, horrible place. And it's forever. It's not temporary. But I even pointed out to them, I didn't show them the scripture. I should have. Because if, if I tell somebody or you tell somebody, they take it lightly. But if they read it from the Word of God, now, now it may be much more powerful. So next time I come into that uh, position, I'm going to read this to them. All right, let's read it again. Now, the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, brothers and sisters, what's the worst curse that you can think of? Or worst thing that can happen to you on earth. I'm here to tell you it's being blind. And I'm here to tell you that if you go to hell, it's going to be complete darkness. There's many scriptures that tell you that. It's going to be completely black. You will not be able to see your hand in front of you. Now, imagine going through eternity forever and ever and ever not being able to see. You can take out the fire part. You can take out the torment. You can take out being in the midst of the fire. It's it's just going to be miserable. But brothers and sisters, that fire is a reality. And that heat and burning and gnashing of teeth and crying, it's a reality. All right? So I got to tell you, now we're going to start looking at different things here. In the same chapter, in verse 30, it talks about... The other part of it, the people that go to heaven. This is the good, happy part. It says, For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. You and me, brothers and sisters that are Christians, are going to be like angels in heaven. Can you imagine? What's next is the book of Philippians, chapter 2, in verse 12 to 15. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked, crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's a beautiful passage. I like it. Now, one of the things, though, that stands out, it says, work out your salvation in fear, fear and trembling. Now, remember, the first step to wisdom in Proverbs is to fear the Lord. And I don't know if you've been listening, but my son, when I left, he was uh, a practicing fornicator. All right? If you are practicing, if you perpetually sin, doesn't matter what sin it is, over and over and over, right? The Lord says, practicing fornicators, practicing drunkards, practicing adulterers will not make it to heaven. If you willfully sin, after you've received the knowledge of truth, there is no salvation. You've heard that scripture from me too. All right? 
So even if you've been saved, you you need to live for the Lord, right? And and uh, and the reason the fear comes in is because He can chastise you because He loves you and He wants you to come back to Him. And right now, my my son is suffering. He broke his uh, shoulder in three places. He had a major surgery, and uh, and he woke up. He woke up. He's going to change his ways. Thank God. But you don't want it to come to that, brothers and sisters. Don't want it to come to that. If you see you backsliding like the prodigal son, change your ways. Ask to be refilled with that Holy Spirit and God will forgive you. And he will bring you back into that kingdom. And now, you know, uh, we always give this opportunity at the end of, of uh, the teaching to pass, uh, pass the mic over to Pastor Amos. And, uh, and hopefully, if there's anyone out there that has, uh, is not saved or maybe... You feel that you you've you've left the Lord and the Lord has turned his back on you or you became the prodigal son, if you will, and got into perpetual sinning again and living the life the way you were before you got saved. You need to get back into the kingdom. So please, brothers and sisters, let let Pastor almost lead you in a prayer to get you to salvation. Thank you so much, brother. Pastor Emma. The message has been very clear. Listen us. At this time, we want really pray to pray with you that Jesus Christ may come in your heart. You may receive salvation because this salvation is for all. God is not willing that any should perish, but his heart desires that all come to repentance. So opportunity is here. You can say, dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your word. I ask you to come in my heart. May you forgive me all my sins. Wash me with your blood. Write my names in the book of life. I open the door of my heart. May you come in. Send the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. Today I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen us. If you've confessed that sin or that or confessed Christ right now, you will receive salvation. I just want to pray with you. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for all those who have repeated that prayer. Lord, I pray that salvation has already come in their hearts because you say that whoever will open the door of his heart, Lord, or our heart, you will come in and dwell with that person. Lord, I pray that those who have confessed you and have prayed this prayer, May you come and fill their hearts. Let them experience the new birth, the new salvation that you brought through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Listeners, we also want to encourage you to go to a Bible teaching church near you where they will continue to teach you the word of God. And when you have received Christ, you need to continue. May God bless you. May God keep you. We shall keep encouraging you. God bless you. Good night. Amen. Amen. Amen.